Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. All right, I'm trying something a little different out with some of the PowerPoint stuff because we've got the high-definition TVs. We'll see if it comes out. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Welcome to the first message in the holiness series. Uh, We are talking about synergy through holiness. I am here to tell you today that God wants us to take territory through synergy. God wants us to take territory. What does that mean to take territory? It means that every place where there, the devil has a foothold and a stronghold in people's lives, locations, in culture, it is our job to take back what Jesus himself has paid for. Jesus died and paid for all of it. This is how at the end of days, there's a procession of nations in Revelation 18. There's a procession of nations bringing their glory before the throne of God. Because Jesus paid so that every nation might be able to bring their glory before the Lord. I believe that there will be an end time revival. I know a lot of people who are all into the doom and gloom and woe is me and, and everything's falling apart and, and we better, better go hide. I'm much more of the persuasion that God has established us here in this place to take territory from the devil to, to begin a revival throughout the state of Idaho from our church. Dennis isn't the only one who's going to come from this church to the nations. You don't mind if I prophesy a little. We have to know our God well. Many of us kind of know him. And a little bit. And we're trying to do all the right things. And we're wondering why there's no traction, why there's no movement, why we're not taking territory. As we begin to pray, I begin to pray and seek the Lord about synergy, about this ability for us to come together and do something far greater together than we could ever do on our own. And the Lord kept saying, holiness, 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 become holy, be holy, be holy, be set apart. And in fact, I preached a little bit on holiness in our blessed life series because God says the tithe is holy. It is set apart. So we kind of touched on it, and the Lord just began working and working something in me. So I just want to, we're going to do a lot of teaching today on holiness and what it means and what are we talking about, because I think when we think of holiness, I think of the whole Pentecostal holiness movement. That was like, you know, little Mennonite-ish, you know, bonnets and dresses, holy. Men, we actually, in the 70s, our denomination is rooted in Pentecostal holiness, okay? The church of God is, is, is hardcore Pentecostal holiness. Like, they definitely recommend you don't touch alcohol. It's not a rule, but we recommend it because I have never seen great things come from people drinking a lot. No, I've never seen anybody be like, oh, I only had one beer. Great, awesome. Bless the Lord. You can do that in your spare time, but as a general rule probably not the best, wisest thing. Okay? Just saying. I'm not mad if you do. It's up between you and the Lord. 
But, you know, that's kind of the roots, right? Could even be a little legalistic. We had a, we had a, a general assembly in the 70s where they debated whether or not a preacher could wear anything but a white shirt. Hey! I'm out. I'm out. Kevin, you come at the flash, though. I love it. You got all sorts of flavor, right? So, so that, I mean, obviously you move with the Spirit, and those things aren't even issues, in the denomination, because they seek God, and God's like, that's not my thing. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, all right, okay. You know, and, and you try to twist scripture to make it legal. Doesn't work, right? And when God's involved in something, those things don't last. Because it's of man, not of God. Amen? Okay. So when I think of holiness, there's a lot of different concepts and ideas around it that I think we can kind of get twisted around. So I just want to break it down for us, okay, today. And I believe that before the end of the service today, each of you are going to have a revelation of what holiness means for you that you have yet to step into. How many of you are perfected in Christ? I got one person laughing. We're not there. There is more for us to partner with the Holy Spirit and to become more like Jesus. The perfect picture of holiness was Jesus. And we have to become like him, right? So we're going to break this down today. Each one of us are going to get upgraded. Amen. Hallelujah. Say, I've got an upgrade coming. Amen. Amen. Awesome. All right. So. God is looking for those whom he knows he can move through. He's looking for people that he knows he can move through. Not for, but through. Lord, I might step on toes today. Hallelujah. God's looking for those whose yeses are set apart from the world's yeses. Their yeses are for the Lord, not for the world. Some of us, let me just say this. Some of us try to look like the world. We want to fit in. We say things like, well, Jesus hung around with the sinners. Hang on. He did. But listen, if we're doing that and there's no difference in our lifestyle, if there's no difference in our language, if there's no difference in our attitudes, what are we doing? If, the, if you're no different from the world, why are you hanging out with sinners? In fact, it's flipped around. It's the opposite was true. Sinners hung out with Jesus. They were like, oh, he's so different. And he's so right. And he's so good. My life's a train wreck. I got seven demons. I want to go hang out with Jesus. Come on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, that's exactly what happened. Let me just tell you. The people would come to Jesus. Jesus wasn't like, where's the demon possessed people? The, the demons were tormenting the people and the will of the person was like, I need freedom and I see light. I'm going where that light is. You, you, okay, so, so this is so critical for us because we have, we have 
lied to ourselves thinking we're going to have a godly influence through our compromise. (laughs) Wrong answer. Let me just tell you, a group of holy people will change the region. Not church people. We got lots of church people. We got lots of church people. Well, we, this, hey, y'all need to be bringing friends. We need to grow the place and make disciples. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm like, like, we're so good at focusing on, like, I came to church and got what I needed. <laughs> Guys, it's time. It's time. It's time. We're going we're gonna to do our best to try and, and, and create the create structure and create opportunity for people to get mentored and discipled and, and give opportunity for you to grow and your ability to lead and mentor and do all of those things. But listen, the lost are dying and hurting and it is our job to grab them by the hand and say, there is a better way. I don't have all the answers, but I, I have a community of faith that will support you and help you through hell and high water. I need a bigger amen than that. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. A group of holy people will change this region. So what is holiness? Holiness literally means this, apartness. That's a real word, apartness. I'm like, apartment? No, apartness. Holiness, sacredness, separateness. It's an essence of being separate. Like scripture's clear. Be holy, but don't, don't leave the world. Like, don't not have influence in people's lives, but live differently, separately, holy and set apart. So if we're going to understand holiness, we got to start with point number one. God is holy. God himself is holy. We see here in Exodus 15, 11, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, Awesome and glorious deeds doing wonders. Leviticus 11.44 says, For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves therefore and be holy, for I am holy. God says, I am holy. Leviticus 19.2 says, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. 1 Samuel 2.2 says, There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. So when we look at God, He is fully set apart. He is not like us. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His wisdom is not our wisdom. He is set apart completely. Okay? But what's cool is that God... Being the set-apart one has made a way for all of us to become set-apart ones. And in fact, God doesn't just make people holy. He makes things holy. Isn't that cool? God makes things holy. He makes things holy. That's actually Passover, right? That's a picture of Passover, but we know it as what? Communion. Okay. Lord, okay. Somebody's like, lunch. All right. Okay, so God made some things holy. God made some things holy. The first thing he makes holy is the Sabbath. He says, give me, give me one day a week and, and set it apart for me. Make the Sabbath holy. 
Just like we should not take his name in vain, just like we should not murder, just like we should not covet, God says, in order for you to be set apart people, take a Sabbath. That's when the crickets come out. Where are they at? Where are they at? All right. We're going to do a whole series on Sabbath this year because I think that Sabbath is actually, Sabbath is actually one of the great keys to influence. The more I'm studying, I'm like, oh my goodness. We get so much more done when we actually take time alone with God. It's crazy. And you get to know God better. All right. You become more like him because you're intentionally taking time with him. Okay. Uh, The next is festivals. He made festivals holy, right? That's like Passover, right? Things that he said, this is a time, this is a day, this is a season, this is a couple of weeks that I've set apart for you to do some things. So he makes some some things holy. He declares that the year of Jubilee is holy. It's a year that is set apart for celebration and, and no work and don't till the ground, don't do anything. Like let it all rest for a year, a year of Jubilee, every 50 years. And then uh, we have the temple, right? This location, it's set apart. This place is set apart for God and, and it is holy. The holy of holies is inside the temple. The set apart of the set apart. Pretty cool. And then uh, we also have the tithe, right? God says the tithe, it is mine. Bring it to me. The tithe is mine. It is holy and set apart under the Lord. Okay? So those are the things that God says in the Old Testament. It's just a, some list, right? Days, times, locations, um, and, and money. These things that, that, that he says is holy. What I want us to get is this. God makes people holy. So... When I say this, we've got Adam and we've got Noah. So with Adam and Noah, they were both saved from the punishment of sin. And God set them apart and made them holy on his own accord. Noah by saying, build me an ark. Right? Now we also see Abraham. Right? I love it. We just read this. Get up and get out of your father's house in our life journals. We just read it. Get up, get out of your father's house and go to a place that I will show you. He declares Abraham is a set apart man, set apart for him, holy to him. Then we've got the 12 sons of Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel that are set apart for God, right? That ultimately become a nation, Right? We see that the, the Moses brings the nation out of Egypt. They, the nation now becomes set apart from the rest of the world at that time. Right? So here's the thing. God makes people holy. Right? Supernaturally provides for them in the wilderness, gives them the promised land, establishes a nation. Okay. If, when God makes someone holy, get this, he creates a system. When God makes something holy, he creates a system to do it. Check it out. Adam and Noah created sacrifices to atone for sin. Created a system for them to be set apart. Think about Abraham, the 12 tribes. Gave him the covenant of circumcision that would set them apart from everyone else in the world. God then, then 
with Moses in the coming out of Egypt, he then gives them the crossing of the Red Sea. I am going to set you apart from the bondage that you were in. I'm going to take you through a great amount of water with walls of water on the sides. I'm going to set you apart and take you through the Red Sea. Right? We see that God created the system of the law. He created a priesthood to be holy. And he created tabernacle worship. He created a process, a system for us to be made holy. He gave priests knives and welcome to the world of butchering cattle. That was their primary role was the butcher. Butcher and barbecue. In the name of Jesus. That's what they did. So when God, God makes people holy, but then he creates a system to help set them apart. It's a joint effort. Listen to this. There is a divine partnership in holiness that creates synergy. There is a divine partnership in holiness that creates synergy. This is all Old Testament, right? So let's move over to the New Testament. We know that the system that God gave us is Jesus, right? The gospel that Jesus came, died, rose again, was sinless and holy and paid the punishment for our sins so we didn't have to raise from the dead in order that we might have new life. In a nutshell. We believe that Jesus came to forgive us our sins and we follow the pattern he gives us to repent, to turn away from our old ways and to set ourselves apart as he sets us apart. His blood makes a way for us to walk out being set apart. His blood sets us apart when we believe and we receive. We become set apart and then we walk out our set-apartness. Are you with me? Now, when we look at the Old Testament, an offering had to be made to cover sin. Jesus became that offering for us once for all. One time. Why? So that we might be holy. Set apart for God. To be in relationship with Him and to do the will of God. Hebrews 10. 8 through 10 says, Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire God, nor had pleasure in them. These are offered in accordance to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will. Oh God, speaking of Jesus, he takes away the first, the Old Testament, that he may establish the second, the new covenant. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Sanctified means that you are made holy. Jesus' blood makes us holy and it never fails. It never fails. Jesus' blood makes us holy and it never fails. So how do we encounter God and receive this sanctification, this holiness? Well, well, let me just be very clear from Scripture. Romans 3, whoa, got really excited. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are all considered sinners that need a Savior. 
All right, for those of you that are good, that's cool. No, I mean, we come to the Lord in our brokenness, needing a Savior, right? Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a gift, right? We deserve death because we are not holy without Jesus, we deserve death, and he comes and he gives us this promise that if you believe, I will give you eternal life, not eternal death. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us while, while, we didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. He gave himself away because he loves us. We also know in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He made Jesus a perfect and righteous one. No, he made him not just know, but become sin for us. It's craziness. That's a love that is insane. Romans 6, 11, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's... There's this thing that we believe that Jesus came, right, to forgive us our sins, and we follow the pattern he gives us, right? Faith in Christ is the new system to be set apart. Faith in Christ is the new system that sets us apart. No more legalistic rituals to become holy. Somebody say amen, hallelujah. The relationship, our relationship with Jesus makes us holy because we receive his love. We receive his forgiveness. We ask and he gives it. Because of that, we choose to be set apart. We have a choice. Just because you've experienced grace, it doesn't make you a robot. You still have to choose holiness. You still have to live right. Romans 6.1 starts off like this. And I, I, just, I just love this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we? How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? We've either died to sin and are in Christ or we are struggling to be in Christ and love sin too much. Now, here's the beautiful thing about deliverance ministry. Many of us struggle. Let me just say this. I think many of us struggle with sin in our lives and you feel it is compulsive and you don't even know why you do it. You don't know how you do it. You don't understand it. 
See, the devil put some hooks in you when you were a child. The devil put some hooks in you through some trauma. He put some hooks in you. And then every time you start really pursuing Jesus, the devil's like, I got him. Yank it and watch you spin out. Anybody else? I mean, I, I lived that life for a long time. And let me just tell you, there is hope. There is hope because with prayer, Because with the power of the Holy Spirit, if you feel like you are bound in something, God will not let it stand. He will see you free. He will see you healed. Don't give up because the devil's messing with you. If you need prayer, ask for prayer. Ask for it. Quit being so proud that you can't admit that you're struggling. You know what Paul did? Paul was so vulnerable. The apostle Paul. Well, the thing I don't want to do, I do. And the thing that I do, I don't want to do. And I don't understand what's going on. That's vulnerability. I boast in my weakness because his grace is sufficient. I don't even know what I'm going to do. Like that's vulnerability. That's a level of like admitting brokenness and just putting it out there. And we're like, well, it must have some deeper theological meaning. No, he struggled. You know, when we're honest about our struggles and our trials, the truth sets us free. (laughs) There's actual freedom when you say it. When you hide it and you're like, I'll handle this on my own. In secret, yeah, not good, not good. All right, so we choose to be set apart. See, I choose, choose. right? He does the work by the gospel. He makes us free. His blood gives us freedom. It sets us apart, and then we have to choose to live according to the freedom in which he paid for. Now, When we choose the principles of holiness to be set apart from the world around us, it shows that we're different. So what are the areas that God specifically says be holy in these areas? Number one is time. Be holy in your time. Let your time be set apart. God asks us to give him the Sabbath and keep it holy to redeem our time and bring blessing into our schedules and into our lives and into our efforts. Okay? Okay. These are just healthy God principles. Okay, now, next money, right? He says, set, set your, make your money holy, right? God asked for the tithe to make, make it holy. He says, it says, set apart the 10 and I'll bless the rest, right? I'll do something great for his purpose, for his house, and brings blessing to your finances when you choose to tithe. Okay, then we see lifestyle, God asks us not to live as the world lives. He wants us to be set apart in our behavior, our attitudes, our mindsets, and our personal purity. What is it? John, 8 out of 10 men struggle or have been impacted and affected by pornography? 8 out of 10? been there, right? 
We've got to be honest. Now, unfortunately, I've had the men that are so entrenched in it be like, I never have a problem with that ever. Not being honest, they don't find freedom because they're afraid of judgment. Um, current statistics is roughly 40% of active pastors struggle with pornography. Is it 50 now? I was on a Zoom call training for a ministerial internship program that's in our, that our, our region does, and I'm teaching them about how to handle social media, right? Because uh, I own a marketing company, and it's a thing that I actually help businesses with their social media and churches with their social media. So I'm explaining some of this, and I'm like, if you're worried about privacy online, that's left a long time ago. Like, don't be like, I can't use TikTok because of the privacy issues. No, that, that ship sailed. Yeah. <laughs> You're worried about the World Economic Forum or the NSA or whatever? Like, they already got your data. <laughs> come on. Like, come on. Like, let's just play in reality for a moment. And I said this to this group of young pastors, men and women on there. And I said, look, there will be a day when your search history is going to be revealed. So if you need to deal with something, deal with it now. Got real quiet. Because I know probably about half of the people on there are actively struggling. So what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? God calls us to be set apart in our lifestyle. Right? Why would you defile your temple? Well, you might not really know who lives inside of you that well. Just saying. Just saying. Back to my notes before I get too far off. Yeah. What happens here is that because we put faith in Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes inside of us and he actually empowers us to live holy. He gives us the power to do it. What happens is that we, as we choose holiness, we begin to look like Jesus. We begin to look like Jesus. He is the one who has set us apart. He's the one who's made us holy and he invites us to live holy. Holiness, according to Scripture, is the result of the cross of Jesus Christ. And we become justified before God. I mean, we can stand before God holy because of the blood of Jesus. We are set apart as holy. And holiness is also an active part of our choices and our lifestyle. When we experience the gospel... 
The unconditional love that is willing to overlook every sin and every way that we have failed in order to draw us closer to him. There is only one response that Jesus asks from us. You receive his love. You receive forgiveness. He says, just do one thing for me. Die to self. Die to self. In Luke 9, 23 through 25, it says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, you're going to pursue me. Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? See, we've been too compromised to be holy. We've been too interested in our comfort to be holy. We've been too interested in my time, me time, to be holy. Michael was talking about the battle with like entertainment. It's a thing. I'm like, I want to watch my favorite TV show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Only when I, you only get those kinds of tunes when I'm fasting. Um, the reality is, is that we are so entrenched with our desire to be comforted that we don't actually seek God for our comfort and we compromise ourselves so that we are no longer salt and light. What if that half hour TV show was intercession for your family member? Oh boy. What if the person that you're working with, who you just kind of heard some overheard something's on and going on in their life, instead of like, I don't want to stand out and look weird and pray for them right here, because we're too worried with the with what other people think about us. We're not actually set apart. We're trying to fit in. See, holiness will make you weird. Holiness, holiness will cause you to obey God in situations that make you uncomfortable. Holiness will cause you to shut the show off when you notice that this is, this is actually drawing my heart away from the Lord. Holiness will cause you to respond in a situation instead of with anger I need to be like Jesus because you spend time with Jesus and you set yourself apart as holy. I love the story. I, I was listening to Todd White. Some of you are familiar with him, but he got in a car. He was late for a, a speaking engagement. It was just downpouring and he's in this truck and, and he rear ends this guy on this exit, just smashes into him. And the guy is really upset and he's got two kids in the back of the car. And Todd White gets out and he's like, he could tell that there was some injury. And he's like, listen, 
Like the guy's yelling at him, he goes, I totally understand. It was 100% my fault, but I am a man of God. And let me pray for your children right now. I'm a man of God. Let me pray for your children. I'm a man of God. Your son's hurting. Can I pray for your son? Because I will heal. God will heal him. I will lay hands on him and he will be healed. Will you please? He's begging, begging him to pray for the injured son. And finally, the guy's like, fine, yeah, pray. Like, no, no, you don't get it. Let me pray. Prays for him, son's totally at peace, rest, totally healed, no injuries. Prays for the other, other kid in the car, no injuries. Like, that's being set apart. Guy's in his face yelling at him, and he's seeing what God, God, what is your heart? What do you see? You see the brokenness of a child in the back seat who's crying because he's injured, not this guy who's in my face because it was my fault. We have a different lens. We have a different lens when we're pursuing holiness to become more like Jesus. My whole theme for this is salt and light. That's the whole theme for the whole series is we have to be salt and light because if the salt loses its flavor, guess what? It's good for nothing. I don't want to be good for nothing. I want to be salty in a good way, in a good salty. Yes, yes. Yeah, Himalayan salt. Don't worry, I'm bringing all my salts next week, okay? I got salts on salts on salts at our house, okay? So, so the reality is that we need to begin to look like Jesus. And that is an active thing on our part, which means that there's going to be some things that you need to stop doing now so that you can be set apart for God. How many of you want revival? Do you want revival? You want to see souls saved? It's time to be salt and it's time to be light. It's time for us to receive the fullness of grace from God and choose to be holy. Thank God there's more in this PowerPoint. Holiness is empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. For us to encounter holiness and to live it out, we must give our lives fully to Jesus, to the one who is holy, to the one who is set apart. He is the one who makes us holy, and it is by His Spirit that we are able to live set apart for Him. 2 Corinthians 6, 16-18 says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? That's you. You're the temple. What agreement have you with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not, this is God. This is Jesus. Guys, he says, don't touch what is unclean for the believer don't touch what is unclean i'll say it over here again don't touch what is unclean god wants to cut out the compromise in this church because we are called to make disciples you know what's you know what compromise does it stinks 
We're supposed to have an aroma of Christ. And it's our compromise that people go, eh, I don't know if I really want to be part of that. Oh, is that too close to home? Guys, the scripture says this. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Okay, now hang on. So the wait, Jesus, are you saying that if I touch unclean things, if I have compromise in my life, if I'm not actually setting myself out to be holy, you're not going to receive me? Yeah, it's really weird. Jesus said that if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Jesus actually does say very clearly that there are things that he requires of you as a believer. We would love for grace to be like, well, I should just be able to do what I want and show up and everything's okay. I just plead some more blood. It's disgusting. (laughs) The reality is, is he says this, listen, he says, I will be a father to you. You shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Let me read it all together. Are you ready? Verse 17, therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Chapter 7 of 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1 says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. I'm going to read it again. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Synergy with God, where God is with you and you're accomplishing more with you and God than you would ever do on your own. See, that happens when we choose to receive the forgiveness of God, when we ask Him to fill us with His Holy Spirit, you know, we're the divine host home of God. We're the divine, we are divine host homes of God. You are a divine host home of God. Why in the world would we kick God out of our temples for a moment of pleasure? Why would we kick God out of our temple so we could hang on to some bitterness, some envy? Why would we kick God out of our host, out of his host home for the sake of a sexual thrill, for the sake of escaping pressure?
We need to clear out everything that's been hindering us. We must choose holiness. We have to choose holiness if the territory we take is going to be set apart for the Lord or if it's, you know, just going to look like the world. (laughs) I'm not interested. God asks us to cleanse ourselves so that we can walk as sons and daughters of God. It's a sobering message. It's a sobering sermon. And the reason why we've got to get this is because revival is at hand and God wants the people to pour through, which means you have to host him. You have to host him. You actually have to host him. You have to host the presence of God in you. And your lack of purity, the compromise in your life means God is distant Now, I've been in seasons where I'm walking with the Lord and I'm praying consistently and I'm like, I feel like I'm hitting a brick ceiling in my prayers. It doesn't mean I'm not holy or that I'm not like there's some sin in my life. It means that God's actually trying to like say, come on, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Come with me. Come with me. Come with me. Uh, Wanda Hackett, Dean Hackett, um, who was a mentor of mine, his, his wife went through seven years of holiness and prayer and seeking the Lord and brick ceiling above it. Like she felt and heard nothing for seven years. You know, she said, I'm building up a snowbank because I know that there's some seeds that God's planted under here. And when the sun comes, whoo, she knew it was going to be good. We, we, don't, we don't choose holiness because I got a warm fuzzy. We choose holiness because he's forgiven us. He cut out all the garbage from our life. If we let him, Come on, will you stand with me? We're just going to seek the Lord for a few minutes. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Hallelujah. I just ask that you put your hand on your heart and just ask the Holy Spirit to begin to reveal anything in your life that needs to get cut out. God, is there anything that needs to be cut out? We're going to have a prophetic act this morning. So God, what is it that you need to need me to get rid of? What is it that needs cleansed? What is it that needs to be cleansed from my life? What is it in my life that needs to be cut out and cleansed? Come on, church. Just begin to seek the Lord. I'm going to give you a couple minutes. If you already know, I recommend you grab one of those pieces of paper in the, in the row in front of you, one of those welcome cards, flip it over onto the back. On the back, there's some lines of lines on there and just write down for yourself, just write down anything that, and this is for you and the Lord. Just write down what that is. Okay, take a moment. If you need some privacy, just go walk, just go walk. Go do your thing, guys. It's open. This is about you and Jesus. This is about making sure that you pursue holiness. So grab a card, write down. What is it that God wants to cleanse right now? What are the things that God wants to cut out right now? Just begin to just be, work with the Lord on it right now. I'm gonna just pray in the spirit.
just, we just break every, every condemning voice and accusatory voice over you. This is your chance for freedom, not accusation and not condemnation. Whatever it is that has had you bound, we declare today is your day. Today is the day for freedom. So do not withhold. Do not withhold the truth from the Lord. He is here to set you free this morning. on as the Lord has identified that, just begin to repent and say, God, I come out of agreement with this lie that I've believed or that I've come to this thing for comfort or I've done these things or I've compromised in these areas. Father, forgive me. Just begin to ask God for forgiveness in those areas right now. Say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Just a second. Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. Yeah, we repent, God. We ask your forgiveness and we ask that you would cleanse us. Cleanse us, God, from the inside out. Cleanse us. Cleanse us, Lord. We come to you for cleansing. Oh, God, cleanse us. Cause your spirit to shine in our hearts, the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus, God, that we would know it and feel it and sense it and believe and know that you are cleansing us right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can, if you wrote that down, even if you didn't, pretend it's in your hand, whatever that thing is. And what I want you, we're going to do an exchange, okay? On one side, we're going to drop off our garbage. We're going to drop off the thing. No one's going to look at these. These are just going to go straight to the shredder. No, one's, no one cares. This is between you and Jesus. But you should throw it in there. And then you're going to come over here and prophetically, you're going to stand here for a second. You're going to ask God, what am I exchanging this for? What am I exchanging? Because God, there's something that I've held on to where, where, where I have gone for my need and I have gone for my, my desire. I've gone for my comfort and, and areas where I have compromised for some reason, even though God, your spirit is in me, but I've compromised in these areas. And so there's this thing, God, where I'm gonna give that to you, God. I'm gonna give you that area. You've forgiven me. I've asked for your forgiveness. I don't want it anymore. So I put it in this basket right here and I say, God, it's all yours. It's all yours. I'm gonna give that to you. And then on your way over here, you're gonna pray, God, what? is the exchange. What are you giving me in return? The kingdom of heaven is about exchange. He will not leave you empty. He will fill you. He will give you something in return. 
And you might get a word. You might get a whisper. You might hear a song. Whatever it is, latch on to that thing and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to receive that. Will you reveal what that means to me? Okay, don't take too long. Just come up here and just like, just a symbolic act. Put your hand in the basket. God, thank you. Thank him for an exchange. He does not want to leave you broken. He doesn't want to leave you hurting. He wants to fill all those gaps for you. All those places that have caused that unholiness to thrive. He wants to exchange it this morning. So when you're ready, come drop in. Drop in the, uh, the garbage. I'm going to put this little blanket over the top of it, okay? Right? Because we don't need any shady people trying to see what's going on around here, okay? Okay, just slide it in. Just slide it in, okay? I want to give you guys privacy, okay? And, and trust me, we're, I, we're not going to look at them. This is just for you and the Lord. You got it? So when you're ready, come on up. Thank you, Lord. We're going to make exchange. We declare holiness and freedom. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. for a moment you're forgiven you've been forgiven your slate is wiped clean thank you Lord thank you Lord you don't have to carry that anymore you don't have to run to that thing ever again you don't ever have to compromise in that area again. He says, I receive you, son. I receive you, daughter. You've come apart. You've set yourself apart for me, and thank you. Thank you. And the Father is so proud of you for being willing to give and receive from him. His love is overflowing for you right now. 
Will you just put your hand on your heart and receive the love of the Father? Thank you, God, for your love for me. Just begin to thank him in your own way, in your own words. Just thank you, God, for your love for me that forgives me, that cleanses me, that makes me holy, that makes me set apart. Thank you, God. Thank you that I can exchange the lie for truth. Thank you that I can receive your love in greater measure every day. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to invite Dennis and Colleen and uh, Kevin and Mika and Charlene, just a handful of you to come up front here. Uh, we, we want to pray with you. I believe that God is still actually still rooting out some things in a few of you. Okay, you started the process, but we want to walk with you through breakthrough. We want to see breakthrough in this area for you. So we're going to come into agreement for you and there's no shame at all. If you want prayer, if you want help in prayer and anything, please just come receive prayer. These are, John, come on up. These are the most trusted people. You don't have to worry about any buddy spilling your beans. Just receive prayer, okay? If you feel like you need to share something, share it, okay? So just come on up. If you need prayer, we're going to sing a little bit of Waymaker because he's making a way. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.